Have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast, and I'm very excited to welcome our guest this evening, Tracy Lynn Keeping. Hey, Tracy. Hello. Excited to be here. Yay, and I'm so excited to have you on here. We've been talking about this for a while, and here you are. Yay. So Tracy was uh, part of the original mastermind, the Boss Mama Mastermind, so I'm so excited to have her on the show because she, her and I just got along so well and had such a great time, and she's just such an incredible woman doing incredible things. So I'm going to do the formal intro, and then we are going to chat and dive right into it. So Tracy is a corporate service analyst and a solo mama to a spirited four-year-old um, she is also a certified life coach and founder and CEO of TLK Empowerment Solutions, which is life coaching for single moms looking to move past the hurt and trauma of their abusive relationships to find peace and joy and live their, le- their best life. Over the years, Tracy found herself attracting damaged and emotionally unavailable men who somehow always needed hand-holding and fixing. It finally dawned on her when she found herself in a verbally abusive relationship with her then-fiance, with whom she had a newborn baby. The abuse got progressively worse, and she knew she needed a way out somehow for her and her little boy. It's now her soul's mission to help women understand their worth and teach them how to heal through a combination of practical tools, a ton of compassion, and a touch of woo. (laughs) I love it. A touch of woo. We can uh, talk about the woo when we get into it today. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for being here. I'm I'm excited. This is fun. I, uh, yeah. I've done one podcast in my life before and I had a lot of fun doing it and uh, I'm always looking for new ways to get the word out there. Absolutely. Well, and what you're doing is just, it's so important because I don't think it's talked about enough and that seems to be what we do here on why on you've got this mom of the podcast, right? I always say like we talk about the gray areas and this is one, you know, I, I'm not very familiar with. So I have had friends in the past that, you know, have talked about having an abusive relationship or have mentioned it, but it's, you know, it's the shame that so many women deal with and they don't want to talk about it. They feel ashamed. They're scared. They, you know, don't know who to talk to. They don't know where to go. You know, it can get really hard because I know these friends I'm talking about, it's like, oh, well, do I go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or you know, do I start taking prescription medication for my depression or do I just suck it up and deal with it, especially with a child in the mix? So I think what you're doing for women is so important because so many are suffering silently and nobody's talking about it and nobody knows where to get help. So you've turned your situation into such a beautiful, positive one that's now helping so many people. And I'm just, I'm so proud to know you and I'm so 
excited for what's to come for you and your blooming business and the fact that you can turn something like this into a, a business these days is just it's so awesome and that's what boss mamas are all about it's <laughs> what we do well i think part of the shame comes from um at least in my case yeah it's horrible and it sucks that you know i went through this and it took counseling to realize that i'd gone through this i mean i went to the counselor more because i was feeling so low and so down and that's not my normal personality i'm usually kind of upbeat and bubbly and very optimistic and i was very pessimistic and it was kind of a new vibe for me and it was over the course of talking to her and her saying well you know you've been abused right uh no i didn't know that <laughs> you know because i think my view on abuse was the physicality of it you never really think about the words you never really think about you know the way that they're talking to you or anything like that as being abusive so that kind of hit me kind of like almost like a ton of bricks right and then i started questioning all of the stuff that he had said before whereas you know before i'm thinking well maybe this guy's just a bit of an asshole or he's had a bad day at work or whatever you know then you really start questioning it and what started coming out for me was i started talking about it and then i started getting that imposter syndrome well who am i to talk about this because what's happened to me isn't as bad as right. sally down the street right like you hear about on the news or whatever and so then i think that's where women are kind of suffering in silence because they kind of think well i didn't have it that bad mm. well, it doesn't matter how bad you had it you still had it oh and i love that you just said that because that's something i mean we do talk about it a lot at ygt mama you know on all scenarios you know we talk about it um one of my authors wrote about it in her chapter about compare the comparison trap where we compare our grief, where we compare our pain, where we compare whatever situation it is to someone else. And it's such a slippery slope because, you know, in her chapter specifically, she's talking about um, miscarriage. And it's like, oh, well, my sister had one and my aunt had one and my mom had two and this person had five. And it's like, my, mine isn't as important, as bad as whatever, stick the word in there that you want to use. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening in so many scenarios is we, we shut our mouths and we don't tell our, our story and we don't stand in our truth because we feel like somebody is going to judge us based on our ability to cope or our ability to, you know, stand up for ourselves or whatever it is. So I, I think it's so important what you just said about not comparing your shame. Shame is shame. Grief is grief. Loss is loss. Pain is pain. Like it's, not how we deal with it that makes it less or more important. It's, it's really just coming together and that camaraderie and the community and the village and all those things. Like we have to have each other's backs, right? We really Definitely. have to stand up for one another. And that's why I love these big movements like Me Too and all these things, because that's just women talking, right? It's just women finally using their words and using their voice to protect one another and to help one another. And I think that's exactly what, what you're starting is a movement. Well, it's what I'm hoping to start. And I know that in the very beginning, because I basically started this journey or I tried to start this journey about 18 months ago. And that's what I was getting was kind of a lot of cheerleaders like, yay, you for getting out there. And um, I wish I'd had someone like you when I left five years ago or, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. So 
I definitely know there's a need out there. It's just getting it out there and um, getting people to understand that talking about it isn't bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you kind of need to talk about it. You need to get it out of the, the shadows because A, that's how you heal. And B, it starts shining a light on those that are doing it. I'm not saying it's going to fix them. Probably won't because they don't care. But at least it starts shining a light on it. Yeah. Well, and, and you can't fix somebody else, right? No. You can't change a person. You can't fix somebody else. So the thought of like staying in an abusive relationship, staying with someone who is never going to change <laughs> regardless of what the words are, are saying. Um, and that I'm not saying people cannot improve or get help or, you know, get better, but you they have to want you, to. Exactly. You can't be the one to change that person. They have to want to change themselves and then you can yeah. support them on their journey, but you can't push somebody to change who they are. That's never no. ever going to happen. But what you can do is change how you react to a situation, right? You can change yep. your thoughts. You can change your path. Um, at any point in time, we can change our truth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had resigned myself, not knowing that what I was going through was abuse at the time. I had just resigned myself to the fact that maybe I wasn't going to have that happy white picket fence life that I kind of envisioned for myself, but I'd have the mom and the dad with the, at, at this point, three kids, two stepsons and my son, um, until a friend who I did confide in because she saw what was going on. And so she made it a point to stay in touch with me and not lose touch so that I didn't get completely isolated because she could see that happening. And I don't remember the conversation at all, but she said, it's better to come from a broken home than to stay in one or to live in one. And that was kind of the, the light bulb moment for me or the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever adage you want to use. And it, that's the other piece I think is women need that. Yeah. And when they get in these relationships, they do get isolated. So they don't have someone to talk to. They don't have the village. They don't have the community. And I think that's why it's really hard. Absolutely. Well, and, and you're giving women permission, right? And that's such a huge thing because for whatever reason, we still live in a, a headspace where like we need permission for yeah. everything. Right. And it's, it's, yeah hard to even say that out loud, but it's true. Like we, we need that help. We need that little nudge. And if we don't have that support system that so many of us are lucky to have, you know, we need somewhere to go and someone to talk to. So I think what you're creating is amazing. And I think it's not just permission, but validation. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know. I really did not know until I started seeing a counselor and I'm not thinking, I'm, I'm not saying a counselor is always the way to go because I, my experience is they're very past thinking. Yeah. Not very forward thinking, which is where coaching kind of comes in. Cause it's a lot more do the work. I'll guide you through it, but we're going to get you to the future. Um, but some people just don't know. And so they need that validation. So I kind of feel like me telling my story and what I was going through where I was like mentally where I was and how, where I am now will get them to realize that, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel if they decide to make a change. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and that's a good segue into 
you know, talking about some of what you do. So I wanted to ask you first what your personal biggest struggle is as a solo mom. Because I know right now with three boys like at the cottage and my husband's gone for like a couple days, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) So I can only imagine doing it all on your own. And yeah. yeah. It's not a picnic. And I was actually, it was really funny because as I was meditating this morning, um, a thought came to me that I need to write about. Um, And it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. And I'm pretty sure that that is probably part of what keeps other women stuck. But I've never been one to kind of tread the easy path, let's say. Um, But I would say that the biggest struggle is balance, time you know, um, cause there's so much that I want to do, but finding the time between having to look after a little one work full time and work a side hustle, which I would love to eventually be my full-time job. Yeah. It's a balance. It's, it's, um, it's a struggle in that sense because we as women or moms, we always put everything first and ourselves last. And I find that when I put myself last, I really, um, I struggle to maintain some sense of sanity. You know, like the first thing to go is the patience, which means I snap quicker and I get mad at my little guy and it's not his fault. He's just being four. He has no real control over himself sometimes. And, um, you know, I get mad for things that I think he should know to do or that he should be listening and not really his fault because I'm probably not guiding him properly because I'm burning the candle at both ends. So finding that balance between being a mom and being who I want to be and all the things that I have to do and learning what can be let go. Mm-hmm. You know what? If the dishes sit in the dishwasher for three days after they've been cleaned and I'm just taking new dish, clean dishes out of the dishwasher to eat off of them instead of putting them in the cupboard, who cares? At least the dishes are clean, <laughs> you know? And it, it, that's the sort of, um, yeah, that, that giving yourself life balance and grace. Yeah. Patience for myself, grace for myself. Yeah. Cutting myself some slack. Mm. That's always the biggest struggle, I think. Well, and I think for all of us, honestly, like partner or no partner, it's, that's always the way it is. Right. And it's, I, I work with so many moms and it's the first thing, you know, we just launched the boss mama cheat sheet and it's literally, that's what it is. It talks about self-care. It talks about Um, mindset. It talks about routine. So, you know, it's funny because I call it a boss mama cheat sheet and people at first glance go, well, this is more like a lecture on how to take care of myself. Well, yeah. Newsflash (laughs) Newsflash is is, that is the secret sauce. You know, that is the secret sauce to success on all levels, motherhood, relationships, life in general, business. We have to take care of ourselves first. I mean, I pour from an empty cup, right? Exactly. Like, All the yeah. analogies, you can't pour from an empty yep. cup. You have to put on your oxygen mask first. Like these expressions yep. came from somewhere. Right. And like yep. the oxygen mask one is like a law. <laughs> you have to do yeah. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's just like, that's where it comes from. Right. So why aren't we listening to that? If we were in an airplane and it was going down and these oxygen masks were falling from the sky, we would do what that sign says, mm-hmm. but yet in our own lives, we don't, do that because we, we just keep pushing ourselves to the back. Like you said, it's, you know, we just keep taking care of everyone else and everything else. And it's, well, 
And the more I think about it, the more I think it's what we've been conditioned to do because it's what my mom did. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's what her mom did because her mom comes from the depression era. They had six kids. Well, there probably was no time yeah. for herself, right? So I think we need to kind of change that. Whether you've left an abusive relationship or you're with a partner and you're bliss all the time, I think it's still, it's just what we've been conditioned to do. It's what we, I mean, I know, I could probably say my mom, and if she ever hears this, she will tell me, <laughs> um, has maybe a small martyr complex. Not that she would ever admit it and not that she's probably ever said it in so many words, but I've seen it yeah. in the sense that I don't, she stopped a lot of her dreams because of me. You know, as a child, I was artistic. She was, is, is very creative and artistic. But I would compare myself to her work at four or five, and it wasn't as good. And I'd get all antsy and agitated and cry and be upset. She had to stop. She stopped drawing. She stopped painting. She stopped doing all of that stuff because it made me too upset because I wasn't as good as her. You know, and I, I look back on it and I see all those sorts of things happen. So I think it's what we've been used to. It's what, it's what we've seen. It's what we know. And now is the time to stand up and say, enough. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so much of the work that I do with the moms I talk to. It's really just like learning how to go easy on the mom guilt, right? Because the mom guilt is strong. We all have it. <laughs> we all experience it whatever you do for a living, whether it's your own business, whether you leave the house and go to work every day, whether you, you know, go to a coffee shop and have a nanny, whatever your situation, I guarantee you every single person listening to this podcast right now has experienced some level of mom guilt. It is a real thing. Oh, and yeah. that's, that's everything I do is try to combat that. I mean, I still experience it. I'm, I'm by no means saying I've like learned how to just let it all go. <laughs> I experience it, absolutely. But what I've learned to do is teach my brain when that is what it is happening. And I think it's such a powerful thing when I did the same thing when I was about to give birth, when I was ready for labor, I read all the books. I taught myself exactly what my body was doing so that I knew how to prepare myself for that just by knowing exactly what it was going to be like, what it was going to feel like, what was happening in my body, like preparing. And I do the same thing with mom guilt. I'm like, what is the psychology behind this? What am I actually thinking? And why am I thinking this way? And how can I reflect this positively for my kids? Like what behavior am I modeling for them? And what are they experiencing? And the truth is, they're not going to remember you ignoring them at the computer for two minutes while you send an email or like whatever your situation is, right? They're going to remember the time that you do spend with them. That's why it's so important in the times that you do to be present with them. It's better to chunk your time so that you're spending you know, a couple, like 20 minutes with your kids, like no phones, no distractions, no beep, 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 yeah. ding, 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 call, 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 whatever you're doing. Yeah. And then spend 20 minutes working, ignoring your kids and let them play independently on their own because then you're not multitasking. You know yeah. how I feel about multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a do. swear word in, in my <laughs> Well, and that's it. It's just, like you say, just giving yourself really the grace to acknowledge that you can't do it all. and I still struggle with this too, but it's being the observer of your thoughts. Like that is such a weird term to me, but I mean, really it's the truth. It's where is it coming from? Yeah. And if you don't want to dive deep into the whole brain pattern stuff, which I know you love to do, (laughs) it's just really recognizing that 
you know, um, is this a really real thought? Yeah. You know, and then kind of going, hmm, yes, maybe it is. And then, okay, you've got to deal with it. But really most of the times it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, it's fear-based usually, right? There's yeah. some sort of internal fear around it. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, am I going to end up this way if I do this? And Oh, what's going to happen to my kids if I do this? And if I let them like play on an iPad for a few minutes, Oh my gosh, they're going to, they're not going to be smart. And you know, there's just, we, we tell ourselves so many crazy things that, yeah, it becomes like a real struggle and we start to question what's real and what's not. I'm not suggesting like push any feelings aside and ignore them. No. Feel your feels, but recognize, like you yeah. said, recognize when it's an actual thought or when it's fear-based, right? Yeah. Or when, As um, I like to say, are you catastrophizing something or are you projecting into the future or... I mean, I think my biggest fear when it comes to that sort of stuff is what harm am I doing to my child? Whether it's too much TV or I've yelled at him one too many times or, you know, that's usually what stops me. That's what pulls me up and goes, okay, what am I doing here? You know, is it because I'm feeling guilty about something or am I, you know, and that's, yeah, that's the real struggle for me. Yeah. So some tools you could give our moms. We'll get back to, you know, you do coach moms that have been through some form of abuse. And like you said, abuse isn't what we all think it is, right? Like it doesn't mean that you're getting thrown downstairs and hit over the side of the head with the sharp objects. It's like, it doesn't have to be this epic visible thing, right? So I'm sure a lot of moms listening to this right now have dealt with abuse on some level, right? So what are, what are some tips or some tools or some strategies you could give our moms that are, are maybe stuck in it or not recognizing it? Like you said about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're in it and not sure in hindsight now, I can say that it really was the way that he talk to me but what I actually noticed first was how he was talking to others me whatever so much you know like you always give the worst to the people that you're with so you don't really think about that but what really triggered it for me was noticing how he talked to his mom because that's huge I mean you know if the guy talks like shit to his mom then you know there's probably a problem (laughs) um and then from there I slowly started noticing the things that he was saying to me like I mean, they were horrible things and he was constantly swearing. He doesn't know how to talk without swearing. Um, And just the belittling, the constant put downs that sometimes they were, um, they were couched in constructive criticism, Mm. you know, but really underlying them was you're lazy. You're no good. You suck. How come I have to teach you everything? You know, you're however old you are. Don't you know how to do this yet? You know, it was that kind of idea. Um, I just learned to put a wall up and kind of ignore it. Um, At first I would argue with him, but then I realized he fed on the arguments that just got him more riled up. So I actually taught myself to stop reacting, which basically meant I wasn't really feeling much of anything, which is no good either, (laughs) but I learned to walk away. That was, and that was when I kind of started to feel the beginning of the end. Um, Once I was gone, it was actually almost worse in the beginning because you're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. You're kind of waiting for something around the corner. 
um, you know, I would go to bed thinking about all the things that have either happened or what could happen or, you know, what did happen and how could I handle it differently? And the, the mind just kind of goes and goes and goes and it didn't stop. Um, if it hadn't been for my little guy, I probably wouldn't have gotten out of bed for, I don't know how long I would have just curled up in a ball and been done with the world. The only difference is I could have like deleted him and blocked him and, you know, just ignored all of his phone calls and basically pretended he didn't exist anymore, but we share a son. So I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst part was the anxiety for me. That was a ball in the pit of my stomach, butterflies, that sort of thing. Anytime I saw his name come across my phone, anytime I saw an email from him, I couldn't open it without shaking and feeling like I was going to burst into tears. Mm. So it basically became around guarding myself with that. Um, it took a long time, but I finally became to, came to realize that it wasn't me. It was him. Um, and not responding right away, waiting anywhere from two hours to 24 hours before responding anything, because really once you separate from somebody like this, having a child becomes a business and you can't have emotion in a business. And so if you're responding right away, you're responding from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. I found taking time to respond or writing that really venti crappy email that you wish you could get out (laughs) and send and sending it to a girlfriend just to get it out of your head and be done with it. And then you could, I could write from a rational, calmer perspective Um, and discovering meditating. For me, that was huge. That slowed everything down. And um, that became my me time. That was my, that was, that's where I have taken some of my time back. I'm a morning person. So I'm up at 4.30 in the morning doing all of this stuff and meditating and, and just enjoying the quiet of the morning before the sun comes up. And, um, but really, I think it was my mom. I hate that I dumped so much stuff on her too, like having community. Mm-hmm. Like the, the moms that are either in it or they've just gotten out of it and they don't know what to do, they need to find that one person. Whether mm-hmm. it's a coach online venting to a stranger because they don't know you or... Um, having that one friend that could be a rock for you. Yeah. That's what they really, you really, really need that one person who can hold your hand, um, who can, you know, like the one girlfriend that said the broken home piece, she became my venter. I needed to write a crazy ass email. I sent it to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, awesome. um, it just became trying to slow down. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, so many of us in motherhood, like we, it's so crazy sometimes because, you know, I had such a strong group of girlfriends for so long and then we all had kids and then, you know, we sort of got like pulled apart. And when we see each other, it's like we haven't skipped a beat, but it's, it's that, you know, if I was in a position where there was something like that, I don't know that I'd be comfortable to just call them up and be like, this is what's going on you know, because it is so rare that we get to spend time together. So I just think it's want to burden them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, you know, moms know that like, you're not a burden to anyone, right? People want to hear the truth. They want to help you. And if they don't, they're not your real friend anyway, right? Exactly. People who who matter don't mind and mind don't matter. Is that how that saying goes? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, and that's the thing. I, this girlfriend, 
I probably prior to meeting my ex, because we all at some point, Victoria's small enough that you either went to school or you met through baseball or various other things growing up. So in both cases, I've known them for years. And she was always just kind of someone on the periphery. I don't, I don't know if I would have necessarily called her a friend growing up. Like she was definitely an acquaintance. We hung around in kind of similar circles with the advent of Facebook. <laughs> you know, you reconnect with all these people. And we talked off and on, you know, I'd congratulated her on the birth of her two girls and, but we hadn't really talked until I moved back here. And then she became my rock. And that's basically what she said was my door is always open. Yeah. You know, and that's what you need. You, us moms got to stick together, you know, and, or friends or whatever. And I, yeah, I, I, I didn't ever want to feel like a burden. So there's some people who don't know my story. I'm sure if they're on Facebook, they're starting to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah we need to stick together we need to stand up and you need to know that whoever you're friends with they probably want to know what's going on yeah even if you only want to give them high level details of like this is why I left or whatever and eventually the walls come down and you tell them the whole story I don't think they would turn you away if you started mm -hmm. telling them what was going on well and I think you said something really interesting before about you know, hiring a coach or, you know, somebody online because it's a completely subjective opinion, right? Like you don't have to worry about somebody knowing you from your small town or, you know, somebody yeah. talking to your partner if you're still in the thick of this situation or, you know, it, it's just a lot more confidential and safe if you are feeling maybe fearful or scared or, you know, the alternative to that, if you're yeah. feeling like a burden, like you don't want to bother the people that you know, and that's exactly what you're creating, right? Is that safe space for women? I imagine not many of your clients are, are you know, people that you grew up with. <laughs> you're the no. <laughs> no, none of them are. Yeah, exactly. yeah, basically. They are all essentially strangers. And um, But it wasn't until, believe it or not, I was following someone who did photography. And she transitioned from photography into coaching. And that kind of was like, huh, what's coaching? And so then I just started following her. And that's when this whole world opened up. So it's knowing what's out there and having a resource like you've got this mama, you know, maybe they don't even know where they could go. Yeah. So having something like this to say, well, hey, no, you don't know me, but I've been through it. So I could probably help you out. And mom's the word on friends. and. Yeah family exactly. or whatever then yeah yeah well and you've you've been through it which i think is the first step for me that was always the first step in hiring a coach it's like mm -hmm. i want somebody who's walked in my shoes like my coach she is an ex corporate person she's a mom of 3 you know all of those things like it's it's somebody who's walked in my shoes and somebody who is where i want to be yeah so somebody yeah. who wants to heal who wants to get out of their situation, who wants to stand strong and be a powerful woman, powerful boss mama. You yeah. know, it's like you need to work with somebody who has been through it and is now on the other side of it, exactly where yeah. you want to be. So I, I do think it's really awesome. And I'm so excited to be sharing your story and what you're up to because I'm really hoping that this podcast will bring a lot of mamas your way because it is such a needed resource 
And there's just not enough of it. Like I said, you know, and it it is intimidating having to go to a psychiatrist or, you know, and it's expensive and it's, you know, time consuming and it's all those things. And you have to like go into a doctor's office and it's like, who's going to see me and who, you know, it's like, there's so much psychology behind it. Like this online space that we are all living in right now is it's so great that you can just find somebody, but on the flip side, it's hard to find somebody that you can trust yeah. that you know is right with all like everyone and their mother is a coach these days of I some know. sort and some kind and you know there's certified ones and uncertified ones and you know backwards ones and spiritual ones and this way ones it's like how do you know where I to know. actually go so that's why yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to be sharing this with with the world right now because I really I know you'll help a lot of people and it's just getting the word out as you said to, to yeah where to go well so. and the trouble with doctors too is they always want to prescribe something and if yeah. it, and you know if the moms out there are kind of like me if there's any moms out there like me I'm not a big fan of meds so it was kind of a you know that was kind of a non-thing for me was I basically said to my doctor I'm doing this on my own with your help but I'm doing it without the medical help like the yeah. medicinal help <laughs> and that's when I found coaching yeah. so so in closing what would you say the biggest shift was for you you know was it personal development was it meditation like what was the biggest thing that helped you pull through the muddy waters and blossom on the other side I think it was actually a combination of all of it because I kind of you know like I started down sort of the the personal development road but it kind of only took me so far and then I still found there was things missing and so that's when I started experimenting with the woo you know the journaling, the meditating, um, crystals, Reiki. I, you know, I kind of experimented with different coaches with all of it and then sort of took what I felt worked for me away. And that was definitely the meditating because through all of it, having to deal with my ex, as my therapist said, I was still suffering PTSD because every time I had to see him, it was re-triggering things. You know, it was bringing up all the old feelings because every time I saw him, I got nervous. So the way that I combated the nerves was with meditating and lots of deep breathing. As soon as I knew I was going to have to go see him, 10 deep breaths, calmed me down. Um, And that was the start to, I think, the real healing. I still feel like I'm healing all the time because there's new layers that come up every once in a while. But um, definitely the meditating and writing it out, journaling. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever was up in the head, get it down onto paper because for me that just was a ba- massive brain dump, and then I didn't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Maybe I'd go back and read it. Maybe I wouldn't go back and read it. You know, process it that way. Um, and then lots and lots and lots of personal development. And a year ago, probably my favorite one was um, somebody Manson, something about not giving a fuck. That was the <laughs> best one ever. <laughs> awesome. um, because. That was when I started realizing, really realizing that it was him and not me. So combining that with the meditating um, and recognizing that I needed to make time for me Mm. was really what started me out of that long, dark tunnel, because it probably took me a good 18 months to start getting out of the tunnel. And I just would like to be able to collapse that time for other moms. Amazing. Because it was a rough 18 months. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I think it's it's great that 
we share our tools with people, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks me, they're like, well, why, why are you just like giving that away? Or why are you just, you know, the podcast, you just say stuff and you're giving away all the goods. It's like, no, that's what I'm here for. It's to serve people. It's to help them move through things that I've already moved through so they don't yeah. have to go through it themselves. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in this, like learning the hard way stuff. It's like, if I can share with you my mistakes, you know, my wrong turns, all of that, and maybe, you know, help you in any way, that's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for. You know, that's like, we're naturally born empaths. We want to help people. We want to serve people. And that's exactly what we do. Well, and I feel like the single moms have already gone through so much. Why make them go through more by trying to figure it out on their own? Exactly. Exactly. Well. Tracy, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing so openly and vulnerably. And like I said, I really hope everyone that listens to this who's dealing with some sort of trauma will reach out to you. They don't need to be afraid. They don't need to worry. You know, you've been there, you've done that, and you are going to help a lot of mamas. So I just, I thank you for the work that you're doing. I thank you for sharing the space with us tonight. And yeah, I just thank you for being here. So if our mamas want to get in touch and find you, where can they do that? I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. um, And I am in the process of building a new fancy website under my TLK Empowerment Solutions. Um, I was, I was under Tracy Lynn on Facebook and I'm still there, but uh, transitioning over to my Empowerment Solutions. So amazing. Keep you posted. Yeah. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes for our listeners today and we'll definitely um, keep them up to date on what's going on with you and how they can track you down and all of the exciting stuff you have in the future. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank Thank all of you for tuning in. And that was episode 32 of you've got this mom of the podcast. If you could head on over and leave us a rating and a review, we appreciate it so much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.